We're so glad that you are here. We're going to talk a little bit about the fire and some big news today. We've changed our weekend around to address some issues in a moment. But first, let me just welcome those of you that might be here for the very first time here at Timberline Church. We know it can feel awkward to be new and to be a guest in a church you've never been to before. So welcome. There's a connection card. It looks like this. And it's in the chair back in front of you. So take it out, fill it out. There's some boxes on the back. If you want some information about some of those ministries, check those boxes and put us an email address on here and drop it in the offering at the end and we'll email you some information that you've asked for. But thank you. There are many wonderful churches in Northern Colorado and we really want you in one of them, okay? Whether it's here or not, get plugged in, make a difference in the kingdom of God. Hey, just to highlight a couple things, make sure you read through your bulletin. We don't give too many announcements around here, and that's why we print them so you can read them, be informed. I would highlight the tables in the mall. There's seven or eight tables out there this weekend, and people out there that if you have questions about some of those things you might have an interest in, go out and talk to them, and they will help you and answer any questions that you might have along the way. So we really appreciate you doing all that. One last thing before we talk a little bit about that one-day offering. Next Sunday night, a week from tonight, is our Summit Series classes. What that is, it's the entryway and introduction to Timberline Church. Those of you that have been here for a lot of years and haven't come to Summit, Bonnie and I would invite you to Summit 1. If you're brand new to Timberline, maybe you just moved here, you've just been here one or two or ten <coughs> weeks, um, please come to Summit 1. Bonnie and I would love to meet you. It's the orientation to learn about Timberline, the five peaks of Timberline. We have a lot of fun. Just check in a little before 5 o'clock. And then we'll feed you at the end. Child care is provided. So that's a week from tonight. Put that in your calendar now. Well, we've had quite a change up in uh, this week. Last Saturday night and Sunday when we were praying for the, this fire and this situation, it's changed a little since then, Jeff. What is your emotion and what are you feeling? Yeah, I remember last Saturday uh, going out for a walk and then suddenly seeing this plume of smoke in the distance. And I, I think none of us had any idea how this thing was going to escalate, and obviously such a week of anxiety and fear for, for so many. It's, it's been nerve-wracking, and many of you have impa been impacted, I know, personally. We've had people here this weekend as a part of our church family who have been displaced. They can't even go back to their homes at this point, and the loss is very real for some, and the challenge. And so we thought, how can we address this on a weekend like this? We've literally changed our Pastor Jeff has been very gracious to even rechange his whole message. We're kind of going to step out of the Mark series this weekend to talk about what it means when stuff goes wrong, when these challenges come. How can we handle it and how can we help? And so I'm really looking forward to you hearing what Pastor Jeff brings us today in the, in the outline and the message. But let me say a couple things about our one-day offering. One day is through Convoy of Hope, and for years we've taken this offering and sent a big check. It's just been amazing how generous you guys are. We've sent a check to Convoy, and they distribute it because they're first responders to crisis in the world and catastrophes. When we talked with them this year, Convoy decided, and we've asked them to come on August 25th, and we are going to do a Sharing Hope Day, and Convoy is coming to Fort Collins, and we're going to try to reach out to those in need in northern Colorado and this area. Some of you have already signed up to help us with that day. Well, in light of the fire... Uh, I think you're going to love this news because I certainly do. We have our own disaster. So our one-day offering next weekend, we are going to keep and utilize all of those funds for this disaster right here locally in northern Colorado. You think that's a good idea? We're going to be able to help. I really do. 
we're going to really be able to make a significant difference. And we have a, a sign-up table out there, 6.8. And Jeff's going to talk a little bit more about that in his message and how you can get directly involved. But that offering is going to go to help uh, needs locally from the stuff that are disaster-related, um, homes that need to be fixed, um, even staffing, even putting people on the front lines. Um, we decided, and Convoy is very supportive, and they said, that's what you should do, that's what we want you to do. So I just invite you to really be prayerful, to go to work one day, at least this week, when you say, I'm not working for me. Um, uh, this money today is going for those who have needs. So we're not keeping it at Timberline, but we're gonna be giving it away over these next months uh, here locally in Northern Colorado. So um, figure out how much, if you're unemployed, you don't have to give anything in that offering. Our, we're, prayer, our, we're praying for you. If you make a million dollars a day, give a million, all right? Because you can afford it, right? So just, just figure it out and let's, let's do it and let's be generous and let's sacrifice. It's a sacrifice to write that check. And that'll be on top of our regular tithe and offering. And so thanks, you guys, for having vision for that. I'll be excited to report back to you and uh, tell you what, everything that, that we're doing. Um, lastly, I just want to thank some specific uh, people because they've been working um, so hard this week. And we're going to do something really fun in a minute that, that Pastor Jeff is going to set up and, and explain it to you. But let me just make a list. Medical emergency response teams have been phenomenal. Red Cross, uh, Samaritan's Purse. We actually have several people from Samaritan's Purse who have flown in um, just to be here for this fire relief. And they're at a table in the mall if you want to talk to them or know more about that. And um, the firefighters have been incredible. I mean, if you've watched the news, the things that they're up against. Uh, yeah, we're going we're gonna to thank them. You're going, to, uh, you're going to have a chance. That was the little response. In a minute, you're going to give a big response, and we're going to tape it, and we're going to send it to them. We'll, we'll explain it in a second. Um, the, the shelters, the, the other volunteers, but let me name some, some people specifically. Our sheriff, Justin Smith, has been amazing. They don't get it all right. I know that, but they, I'll tell you, they've done a great job. Um, Bill Nelson, who is the undersheriff, incredible. And then these three captains, Timothy Palmer, Robert Coleman, and John Monago, who are just sharing these shifts 24-7. They are busy guys. And then, I don't know if you've watched Nick Christensen with the media, but he has done a, just a stellar job of keeping us up to date. The, the care comes out, the heart, so many others who have volunteered. So we're, we're going to do something kind of fun. Set this up for us. Yeah, we thought it would be great, not just only to have a moment together as Timberline, but to video our appreciation and then send that video to these various individuals and agencies so that they will see us, you, uh, expressing appreciation. So we have cameras set up, and in a moment, <coughs> we have the opportunity to, um, to go ballistic and uh, <laughs> express appreciation. If you can whistle, whistle. They're going to be, every service we're doing that, and we're going to send them all five. Windsor's doing it. We're, we're, we're just, we really want them to know we appreciate their care and love for this community. So uh, would you join me in expressing appreciation for all those who are helping with this High Park fire right now? Let's give them, let's let them know.
That's right. Wow. That's exciting. Wow. Now you can be seated. I know it comes down to our police department here in Fort Collins as well and the teamwork and all these agencies. Let's pray for them. Lord, we pray right now for your grace and mercy to be extended through those who are in law enforcement, those who are volunteers with medical teams, the challenges they face. We pray for those firefighters on the hill right now facing amazing heat and exhaustion. God, we thank you for the opportunity to pray over them, for those working. We also want to pray for those who have been devastated, those who right now don't know if they should shake their fist at God, asking why, to those who are running toward you, God, asking why. We need you to help them. Be the great comforter that you are. Draw close to them and let them draw close to you. Lord, show us how in these coming months to deploy teams to help rebuild homes, to clear lots, to help with animals, with the needs of families. We pray, God, that we will be able to make a marked difference in northern Colorado because we are the church and we care about people. Let us, as churches across northern Colorado, lock arms to make a difference for the glory of God. We thank you in your name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen. Pastor Jeff, God bless you. Take us onward. Well, good morning, everybody. Well, as uh, Pastor Darry just explained, we are jumping out of our, our uh, Eyewitness News Mark series to reflect specifically on all that has been happening in the last uh, seven days, seven or eight days or so. And so this message really is simply called Responding to the Wildfire. I want to I read a few verses for all of us from Romans chapter 8. I'm not going to specifically preach on these verses, but I think there are times when we just need to allow the truth of Scripture to wash over us and just uh, without comment, just hear what God says, and then I'll move on into the message. Romans 8 says, Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword. As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things <clears throat> we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. It was a terrible disaster, and ironically, it started near a reservoir. Uh, there was a loss of life. It was completely unexpected, like a, like a bolt of lightning. One minute, Everything was fine, and then within seconds, unfolding devastation. It was certainly the talk of the area. I'm not referring to the High Park fire, but the collapse of a tower in Siloam. You can read about it in Luke 13, and it was a contemporary disaster that happened when Jesus was on this earth. There was a reservoir near Siloam, probably fed the famous pool of Siloam. This tower 
uh, probably about 20 feet wide. In fact, uh, I think we have a photograph of the ruins that they discovered. This tower suddenly collapsed. We don't know what happened. 18 people died. And Jesus used that disaster as a moment to teach. I believe that this weekend, of course, is a weekend for us to gather around Scripture and, and hear what Scripture has to say to us in, in seasons like this. But also a moment for us to reflect as well. Because sometimes when we face the extremities of life, that is the time when we start to really drill down and figure out why we're alive. C.S. Lewis famously said, God whispers to us in our pleasures, speaks in our conscience, but shouts in our pain. And it may be that many of us are not directly affected uh, right now by this fire, and yet the implications, I believe, of this message are for all of us, because the truth is we will all face pain and challenge. I, I like to dream of a life where there won't be any pain, where my life will be accompanied by backing music, just like in the movies. This morning, I had a lovely moment and a tearful moment as I opened my Father's Day cards. Great joy in reading the cards. Uh, a little sadness, because I'm not with my kids today. But it would have been, the moment would have been so much better if the New York Symphony had been parked in the kitchen <laughs> providing helpful backing music. I want a life with backing music. I, I, you know, I read all that stuff about pain and suffering, but I don't want it. But the truth is that if Jesus doesn't come back, none of us are going to get out of this life alive. The statistics on death are impressive. One out of every one dies. There is pain. And so we're, however we are or are not affected by this, this is a time for us to reflect. First of all, if you're following along in the bulletin, this is a time to comfort. This is a time to comfort and realize that bad things happen to good people. It's been a week of anxiety and fear. And what can happen on the heels of devastation, destruction, maybe that test result that we weren't anticipating, often comes a question, a, uh, an instinctive response. And the instinctive response is, what have I done to deserve this? And there are some Christians who can unhelpfully be quick to start talking uh, in terms of judgment, as if bad things happen because people have been bad. Job experienced friends. I would not like Job's friends as my enemies, but he experienced friends who tried to suggest, him that, to suggest to him that the universe worked that way. Job suffered the consequences of fire. Job chapter 1, his farm, his servants were burned. And one of his so-called friends, Zophar, in chapter 20, he's speaking about the wicked, and he says, a wildfire will devour their goods, consuming all they have left. In other words, this guy is trying to say, hey, Job, if you're wicked, bad stuff's going to happen to you. And Job absolutely refutes that idea, stands his ground and says, no, it actually doesn't work that way. When the Tower of Siloam fell, there was a rumor in Jerusalem that this was divine judgment or retribution. 
And in Luke 13 and verse 4, Jesus says, Of those 18 who died when the tower in Siloam fell on them, do you think they were more guilty than all the others living in Jerusalem? I tell you, no. Jesus drives a truck through the idea that bad things only happen to bad people, that everything somehow has a reason. I think during the course of this week, most of us have reflected on where we live. We've looked at maps maybe on the internet. This is where I live. This is where the fire is. We need to remember right now where we live. We do not live in the Garden of Eden. And we do not live in the New Jerusalem. We live in a messed up world, a sinful world, where God does not always get his will done. If he did, why would Jesus teach us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. But we live on a battlefield of conflict. God did not do this to anyone to teach them something. That doesn't mean that we cannot learn from our pain, but he's not the architect of it. He's the redeemer of it. This is a time to comfort and know that bad things do happen to good people. Secondly, it's a time to take action. A time to take action. What can the people of God do now? In the early church, in Acts 11, we read that they prophetically sensed disaster was ahead. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. I'm encouraged and glad to be able to tell you that the call went out this week for volunteer chaplains. And we had volunteer chaplains from Timberline in all of the community briefings who prayed with families, who prayed with firefighters and police officers, who worked alongside uh, the wonderful people from the Salvation Army and the Red Cross and Samaritan's Purse. Just by, <clears throat> just by showing up without an agenda, they made a difference. You know, that's how the church makes an impact. The early church grew by half a million members every generation until in the fourth century there were five million Christians, 8% of the Roman Empire. They didn't do it through miracles. They did it by going to garbage dumps and rescuing babies that had been discarded. They did it by rolling up their sleeves and caring. Isn't it true that we live in a representative democracy where we elect people to fix stuff, walk away, and then criticize them when they don't get it right? And the challenge for us is to say, God, what would you have me to do? That we don't just believe in the they people. In a lot of churches, a lot of people believe in the they people. They'll take care of it. They'll do it. It's about us. And it might be that some of us are thinking, yeah, that's fine, but I'm just too busy for any, any of that stuff. I was earlier this morning, I was reflecting on Peter, Jesus walks up to him and says, come follow me and I'll make you a fisher of human beings. And, and uh, I think we can romantically look at that as if Peter just had no cares and no stresses and he just said, great, let's, let's do that. Peter was a small businessman. He was married. He had a wife. We know that because he had a mother-in-law and you have to be blessed with a wife <laughs> before you can experience the blessing of a mother-in-law. 
And it wasn't that his wife was gone. 1 Corinthians 9, in the early days of his ministry, Peter traveled with his wife. He had a house in Capernaum which, with which he shared uh, with his wider family. Andrew, his brother, his mother-in-law was there. He had stuff going on. It wasn't just some guy floating around fishing and totally free without any obligations. With our busy lives, we've got to ask, what can I do? And much of what we can do is not right now. Much of what we can do will be when the TV cameras are packed up and gone home in the coming weeks. And you can visit the 6-8 table out in the mole, the 6-8 ministries named after Isaiah 6-8 and Micah 6-8. Let's be sensitive. Let's say to the Lord, what can I do? Thirdly, it's a time to be grateful. This is a time to be grateful, and we've already done it, thanking those who have spent themselves for us. I could not believe you people 10 minutes ago when we asked you to stand and express appreciation. It was remarkable. I would have cried if I wasn't British. It was just, <laughs> just amazing. And I could, I could just feel that surge of appreciation that we were expressing to those who have spent themselves for us. I can't wait for them to receive those videos, DVDs. It's amazing. Isn't it true that when we appreciate, when we say thank you, we build each other up, we strengthen. By the way, one way which... The Bible uses the fire analogy as the use of the tongue negatively, how we can drag each other down. James chapter 3, likewise the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets the whole course of one's life on fire, and is itself set on fire by hell. As we think about the power of a wildfire, Let's think about our words. You can devastate someone with a sentence. Wildfire can represent gossip, and I'm looking around here, I know that you folks, we, we, would, <laughs> we would never gossip, would we? We'd share. <laughs> We'd share, but we wouldn't gossip. Let's watch our words. Fourthly, it's a time to reflect on what matters. It's a time to reflect on what matters. We will all ultimately lose everything that we materially enjoy, every one of us. Jesus, not being in any way insensitive to the devastation that is created by disaster, taught us about the non-permanence of our stuff. And he says, do not store up for yourself treasures on earth where moths and vermin destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but store up for yourself treasures in heaven where moths and vermin do not destroy and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. We've all asked the question this week, haven't we? If you got the phone call, evacuate, what would you take with you? We've all asked that question. I was chatting with a wonderful family from Timberline just two weeks ago who lost their home in a fire completely unrelated to the current situation. They talked about taking photographs. Why would you take photographs? It's because it's relationships, precious, enduring things. Can I be a bit personal for a moment? I received this photograph this week. It's my mum 
That's my mum with our second grandson, Alex. I've thought long and hard about sharing this. It's profoundly personal, but allow me to with my Timberline family. My mum has Alzheimer's. She's lost just about everything that she's ever had. Her memories have been taken away from her by the mugging of the vile disease that I hate called Alzheimer's. Sometimes she thinks I'm her son. Sometimes she thinks I'm her brother. But look at the joy in her eyes as she holds her great-grandson. Because it's relationships. It's that which endures that is really vital and precious. Are we, are we charging around investing in all of our energies in stuff that ultimately we certainly can't take with us. And Jesus broadens this and doesn't just talk about relationships but talks about living a life where the priority is the kingdom of God, not just the pointless existence but a purposeful life that really goes after what really matters. Well, the last thing today is that this is a time to pray for faith and faithfulness. A time to pray for faith and faithfulness. I've, I've been trying to think about how best to pray this week. It's kind of awkward, frankly, because you see, if I pray that the fire doesn't come near my house but goes in another direction, it might be that I am actually asking for the fire to come near your house and you hear that I'm praying and you say, Jesus, don't listen to him. That guy's got a speech impediment. Ignore him. I mean, surely our best prayer is not that it goes in any direction, but that it quits, that the firefighters are successful, we have a rainstorm. We don't know how to pray best in these moments. A couple of ways that we can pray, particularly as we know that there are those among us who have suffered great loss or fear of great loss. We want to pray thoughtfully and intelligently. We pray for their faith in the midst of this trial. Jesus said to Peter, Simon, Satan has asked to sift all of you as wheat, but I have prayed for you that your faith may not fail. Pray for faith, as Pastor Darry mentioned earlier in his prayer, that, that there will not be a bunching of hands into a fist but an opening of hands representing an open heart, faith in the midst of trial. Let's pray for faith that does not depend on a particular outcome. There's a remarkable statement in Daniel 3 from a man who was facing a fire. And he says, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God we serve is able to deliver us from it, and he will deliver us from your majesty's hand. And then listen to this. But even if he does not, but even if he does not, we want you to know, your majesty, that we will not serve your gods or worship the image of gold that you have set up. We must surely pray for each other that there will be faith that is not dependent upon an outcome much as we want an outcome to happen. Let's be honest. And faith, surely that there'll be a knowledge that God is with us, that God is with those who struggle. In Daniel, there's a remarkable moment when a guy peers into a fiery furnace and he said, look, 
I see four men walking around in the fire, unbound and unharmed, and the fourth looks like a son of the gods. As the fire raged, suddenly there was an understanding that God himself was in the midst, walking alongside these three faithful followers of his who said, however this works out, we are going to trust God. So what we're going to do right now is diligently as a community together continue as we've already started today continue now to pray to bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ to pray not only for those from our own Timberline family to pray for the community to pray for those who are saying right now I don't know where to turn let's pray Lord, as we gather, as we huddle together around your word this weekend, we thank you that your word is relevant. It speaks not only to our blue sky days where there is no smoke on the horizon, but it speaks to our darkest days of pain, not only the challenges presented in the last seven or eight days, but wherever we face pain and anxiety and challenge, your word is for us. And we ask you, Lord, as we pray for our community, as we pray again for those who are leading the fight, as we pray for those who are anxious, as we pray for those who have suffered loss, we ask you, Lord, that all of us, wherever we find ourselves in this picture, might somehow in this moment draw closer to you. In a moment, I want to be specific about that praying. But I'd like us to continue just to bow our heads for a moment. And it might be that this week's challenge or other challenges in our lives have made us realize quite simply that we need God. I'm going to pray a little prayer, which is a kind of beginning prayer for those who would like to express that, for those who would like to become Christians today. Here's an opportunity coming up. If you're wanting to say, God, rescue me, save me. And so in your own heart, in the quietness of your own heart, you might want to use this. Lord, rescue me, please. Save me. I invite you to take charge of my life from this moment on. 10.54, Sunday morning. Please take charge now. Forgive me of the things that grieve you. I turn around. I want to head in your direction now. I want to become your follower, your apprentice. Thank you that because of the cross, my sins can be forgiven. I want you. I need you. Rescue me, please. Thank you. I believe in faith that you've heard my prayer. Can I ask as our heads are bowed, if you've just prayed that, can I ask you just to slip your hand up for a moment to 
put your decision and your will behind that prayer. You meant that. So would you just do that right now if you just use that prayer as a beginning prayer? Slip your hand up so I can see it and put your hand down again. Thank you so much. I want you to know that in a few minutes from now, members of our prayer team and our pastoral team will be here at the front. I want to ask you please to take a moment to come and allow them to share with you for a moment of prayer if you're becoming a Christian to give you something that will help you. My second and final prayer in this moment is we want to pray specifically for those who've either been directly or indirectly affected by this. You have suffered loss, you are fearing loss or there is someone close to you that's affected. We want to include you in our prayers today. Would you slip up your hand for a moment, please, if that's you. You're saying, include me or those that I represent in this moment. Lord, we do now what we've talked about earlier. We pray for faith that will not fail. We pray for even if he does not kind of faith, whatever kind of faith, to trust you. We pray for a sense of your presence to be very, very close to every person who has raised a hand or who is represented by the raising of a hand. And we ask you to draw close, intervene, and make your presence felt. We speak the words of Scripture with which we begun today over each and every one. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We agree together in Jesus' name. Everyone said, there's a guy in the Old Testament, I think it's Jehoshaphat or someone with an equally unpronounceable name. And in 2 Chronicles 20, he says, we don't know what to do, Lord, but our eyes are on you. Surely that's our prayer today. And I want us to express that. And I know that you can do it well. I saw it earlier. We applauded our, those that have served us so wonderfully. I wonder if we can by faith, put our eyes on God and bring our worship to Him as we applaud Him. King of kings, Lord of lords, risen from the dead, Jesus, we honor you. So now, Lord, we go into a new week. Our eyes, by faith, fixed on the invisible, our eyes are on you. We thank you that as we leave this place, this is the truth. Your eyes are also upon us. We give you thanks and praise. In Jesus' name, everyone said amen. Prayer team are here. Pastoral team are here. If we can pray with you.
we would love to. God bless you. Be safe.